You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church in Midlothian, Texas. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, visit Stonegate-Church.com. So the next guy or gal who wants to come up with just a story of how the Lord has used this church family in your life over the last year, that microphone right there is waiting for you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, my husband Tim and I have moved from Houston and um, came to Midlothian, and uh, I'm not going to take a long time, but um, we stayed at the, where am I? You know where the hotel is, whichever direction that, that way. is. We stayed at the but- hotel. And that next morning we got up and it was a Sunday morning and we looked across the street and we're like, what's going on over there? Something's going on over there. (laughs) And we said, Stonegate, what is that? You know, so anyway, everybody has similar kind of stories, how they discovered the church. But um, the move was not my choice. The Tim, you know, jobs, blah, 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 blah. And I fought it and didn't want to do it and didn't want to do it. But anyway, I didn't want to leave our church in Houston. I didn't want to leave our friends in Houston. I didn't want to leave my job in Houston. But... Um, I gave it to God and we came and I said, okay, so let's get settled and then we're going to start church shopping. Okay. And so we said, well, let's go to that place Stonegate because we'd kind of discovered that it was. And when we came, we saw Jimmy Neiden and he is from our church in Houston. And so right then and there, I said, okay, I found my place. I don't know about you, Tim, but I'm staying here at Stonegate. So anyway, um, we have felt so welcome and so blessed um, to be here. Everyone, including our pastor, um, came and said hello to us, you know, and we were these strange people sitting in this new church and whatever, and it was amazing. I've never felt so welcome in any place in my entire life, and Mm. I'm not just saying that because Rodney just gave me a gift card to Starbucks. But it does help. Thank you, Stonegate. Thank you, Jimmy Needham. Thank you, Yeah, thank you. It should be less scary this time, but I have one more gift card for the person that will come up right now with that story. Miss Carrie Brown. I don't know what that music is behind you, but... I'll do anything for coffee, y'all. So... I'll be really quick. It's a really long story, but um, I, <laughs> I hate talking in front of people. Um, so um, my sister actually found out um, that she was pregnant after a really bad car accident. And um, the love and support from our church family was amazing. Um, the way she told my husband and I that she was pregnant was, I'm not keeping it, of course. Um, Like it was just disposable, like it was nothing. And so we moved her in with us and um, just everybody loved her so well. And um, he was born October 11th and his name is Liam and he's the most beautiful baby. Mm. And y'all, that's because of y'all, like seriously, because y'all encouraged me to love well and uh, taught me about God's love. I'm shaking. (laughs) So yeah, I got to watch a little baby get saved. It's amazing. I love that. I love that. You know, isn't it, isn't it just, I mean, those are just two of the many stories of what God's up to in our church family's life, but isn't it amazing just to know there's hundreds of those sort of stories? 
that we could all get up and tell stories of how the Lord is using this church family for our good to make us more like Jesus. It really is amazing and humbling to watch that. And uh, so part of what we're gonna happen uh, or just gonna happen tonight is Ryan's gonna come up for kind of the first half of our night and just kind of walk us back and, and take a look at 2017, just some of what the Lord has been up to, some of what the Lord is doing. And I would just love to pray for us as we do that. Would y'all pray with me? Father, we are a grateful people. Father, we are thankful. God, just the, the stories that, that have just been shared are just two of the many of your sovereign work in our church. You doing things that are beyond us, bigger than us. And God, that is just such a humbling thing to recognize and to see. And Father, as we look back toward 2017, I pray that you would fill our hearts with gratitude, with a deep abiding thankfulness. And so, oh God, would you help us be good celebrators? Would you make us into a grateful and thankful people? And Father, we, we do. We just, we really are awed at what you have done in this place. And eight and a half years, I never would have expected this. So God, thank you. Thank you. And it's in your good name. Amen. Ryan Kearns. Thank Thanks, you, sir. Guys. Appreciate it. Hey, how's everyone doing? Yeah. It really is great to be here, isn't it? I mean, when you think about all the incredible things that have gone on in our church over the last year, we have so much to celebrate. Yeah, that's worth woo, a woo. I mean, if you're going to woo at a Cowboys game, you may as well woo at the, the work of God. Um, I just, I love that we get to gather here together and look back. Because here's the thing about life. Here's the thing sometimes even about ministry. Here's the thing even about just raising kids. All of those things that we're in the middle of and we're trying to make sense of and we're trying to understand is it's hard to often find what the scoreboard is. Like, am I winning? Is this working? And, and what happens is you just never feel like it's enough. It feels like this endless grind. It feels like a treadmill that goes on and on and on. And you find yourself running ragged. But yet these are uh, some of the incredible moments where you pause and you say, God, you are working. God, you, you are moving and we can celebrate the, the, the scorecards in. And what we've seen over this last year is you've been abundantly faithful to our church. And in the middle of that, as, as we all go about our business, as we all come together and we, we form a church family, we're all asking questions about that, right? What am I doing with my life? I mean, James tells us life is but a mist. It goes by so quickly, doesn't it? For those of you who are in the middle of raising kids, you're thinking about the next season. For those of you that are done raising kids, you're already thinking about how quickly it went to raise kids. I mean, life goes by so quick. And sometimes what I think about is, is, is how do we stop and really enjoy the moment? And say, our God has been so good to us. He's lavished us with grace upon grace upon grace, hasn't he, Stonegate? I mean, it's so true. I mean, and, and there can be those times, too, where I, I just put my head down and I'm working so hard that I, I forget to look up. And, and just have this sense of awe and wonder that, that, that the tomb is empty, that Jesus is alive, that, that the Holy Spirit dwells inside me that the life that we live has eternal consequence and purpose, right? Um, 
Ephesians 2, Paul, he's writing to the church of Ephesus and, and he comes uh, to Ephesians 2.10 and he, and he says this, he's, he's building out the scoreboard for them. He's reminding them of why they exist. He's reminding them of the telos, the very purpose for why he brought them into being in their time and in their place and in their moment in history. And this is what he says. He says to, to the church of Ephesus, he says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, what's interesting about this is you can read it both collectively, which is the church, because he's writing to the church of Ephesus. He's saying, we're God's workmanship. Together we come together and we form a body. And what's amazing is what this body can accomplish when it's healthy and it walks in unison and fulfills the purposes in which God ordained it to fulfill. And then it's also individual, right? That you or I, as we go throughout life, that there's something altogether unique and distinct about us, about the way God made us with our personality and our experiences and our past and our, our, all of our gifts that we bring to the table as well. God put us and he knit us together in all together a unique way. That word workmanship there, that's the Greek word poema. Poema, where we get our word poem. Which is meant to translate and signify that, that you are not just another cookie cutter person or our church is not just another cookie cutter church, but rather we are all together crafted and knitted and made just for this moment in time, Stonegate. In this place where God has us right now in Ellis County in 2018. We have to believe that we can't lose sense of our awe and wonder. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes the healthiest thing for me is just watching my kids live life. I mean, when I think of Jesus' words about having a childlike faith, I think sometimes what he's getting at is that you, you, you haven't lost your sense of awe and wonder. That there's still something inside you when you pick up a blade of grass and you hold it up to the sun and you see it translucent, you're still mesmerized by the world around you. That it hasn't all become rote and mundane and mechanical and you've got it all figured out, but rather you're still amazed at what God's doing. And Stonegate, we cannot lose that sense of awe and wonder, can we? I, I don't want to. And I think God's just getting started with us. I think he's just getting going. I mean, that's the really good news. The really good news is even gonna be not just 2017, but 2018. We are uniquely positioned for such a time and place to celebrate so much, church. And I wanna tell you a couple things when I look at Stonegate, and come up on this next slide. We have, a, we have a great mission, church. We have a great mission. Uh, this year we walked through a sermon series, The Life of a Disciple, and we spent some time looking at why do we all exist once again? We exist because we're here to make disciples, to point people to Jesus, to show them where they can find redemption and restoration and new life. And that as the Holy Spirit comes in, all of us are bit by bit through all the mundane activities, through all the moments of life, slowly being conformed bit by bit like an erosion process in a canyon to become more like Jesus till we see him face to face. And the beauty is, is this isn't an individual thing, but we get a church body, we have a family where we get to do this together. Isn't that good news, church? That is such good news. We have such a great mission. And our all-in mission has been that we would cultivate ministry, and I'm going to talk more about that in a second, and that we would plant the gospel, and that we would put down roots. Stonegate, I don't know about you, but when I think about that, when I think about the significance of that, when I think about the purpose of that, I could give my life away to that. 
I could risk for that. To know that when life is but a mist, a hundred years from now when we're all high-fiving each other in heaven, we're going, we went for it. We swung for the fences. We didn't strike out with the bat on our shoulders, but rather we risked. We went big. We served faithfully even when life was just mundane. And I get the privilege of working with our staff here, and I got to tell you, church, we have an incredible team here. I have an incredible staff here at Stonegate. Oh, yeah. I'll talk more about them in, in one second. I want to say, too, we have some incredibly servant-hearted people that live their life in a way that's in accordance with what I've been speaking of. They serve sacrificially. When, when I go to our kids' ministry, there's a small army of people that say, I want to take the gospel, and I want to be Jesus' instrument to instill it into the lives of little people so that they would grow up and love Jesus. There's an army of people who do that faithfully, consistently, and regularly. When I look at our student ministry, we have so many volunteers, even as we're going into Wake Weekend, so many host homes, so many small group leaders, so many people coming together so that students would be impacted by the gospel. It's incredible, isn't it, church? This is a servant-hearted church. That is one of the things that makes us who we are. You guys love Jesus, and you put that into action, and because of that, the Lord has blessed us in significant ways. And you guys are generous. This is a generous church. This is a generous church. When I look at where we're at with All In, and I'm not gonna tell you yet, we'll tease that a little bit, Um, but this has been a very generous church. I'm so thankful for that. It shows, honestly, when you think about what Jesus said, where your treasure is there, your heart is also. Stonegate's shown that its, its treasure is in kingdom works. Stonegate has shown that their heart is in eternal purposes by the way you guys have been willing to sacrificially give. And I'm abundantly thankful for that. We put together uh, a bit of an infographic that you all had on your seat. So uh, I'd love for you to just grab that. And I just want to talk that through for you a minute. Just celebrate for a moment. Really celebrate. Pause and say there's so much for us to be thankful for. When you're wondering what's happening inside the life of Stonegate, we wanted to just give you guys a snapshot of some of the incredible things that God is doing in our church. Uh, At the end of 2017, we had 27 home groups. 27 home groups. Isn't that incredible? 27 home groups. And here's the thing. We've already got a couple more since the end of um, 2017. So we actually, I think, are up to 29 now. And in this last year, uh, as, as Travis did such an incredible job leading our home groups for many years and now seeing Tony pick up that torch, I couldn't be more excited about where we're going with home groups. The direction and, and, and the structure and the leadership I think is exactly what we need to sustain our church and to help us make faithful disciples at Stonegate for years to come inside of our groups. Uh, this last year, we also got the, the, I mean, honestly, this is the touchdown, guys. We got the privilege of seeing 16 people baptized here at Stonegate. 16 people giving their life to Jesus, going from death to life. I mean, that's a miracle, 16 new lives. And I I think we're just getting started. We had 48 new members, people saying, I want to walk inside. I want to call this place my church family. I want to walk in relationship and covenant membership at Stonegate. How great is that, that we're having people take that significant step? 
Um, our orphan care ministry, which Jessica and Jansen have done such a great job with, even throughout this last year, uh, it's continued to flourish and help people figure out what it looks like to, to have a heart that God has for the orphan, for those who are on the margins, for those who are the most vulnerable. And we've seen adoptions happen, haven't we, Stonegate? We've gotten to hear those stories. And we have many other families that Jessica and Jansen are doing such a great job helping to walk through that process as they consider all sorts of parts of adoption, even if they're not necessarily called to adopting, but how can they come alongside those who are? So this is what we are about here at Stonegate. This is a significant thing for us. We've had 24 babies dedicated 24 babies did it. I think that's incredible. When I go over to our kids' ministry, it's just exploding over there. Um, the last couple of weeks, we've been, we've been averaging. It's, it's, yeah. Isaac, I think you're contributing the most. <clears throat> I'm just going to put you on there. Just put you on the spot. Uh, <laughs> um, but we've had over 200 kids inside our preschool and children's ministry. Isn't that incredible? 200 kids. And, I, and we say it a lot around here in Stonegate, and I hope you hear that. If, if you love lost people, if you have a, the, the heart of an evangelist, you need to be in kids' ministry. That is our biggest unreached people group that's right inside our church. If you want to tell someone who doesn't know Jesus about the gospel, serve in kids' ministry. I love kids' ministry. I love what's going on. And we've had such great leadership. Amanda did a wonderful job leading our preschool ministry, and Lauren has done a wonderful job bringing uh, our, a team together as we've brought kind of our preschool ministry and children and kids ministry together. And Courtney has done a wonderful job, and Morgan and Amy Beth. We've had such a phenomenal team over in that ministry, haven't we? I don't know about you, but when my daughters come home, I love asking them about what they're learning, and they are always fired up for what's going on over there. Um, we had six different missionaries that we support. And when I mean support, I mean we, su we support our missionaries in significant ways. Um, uh, usually the dollar figure that we're supporting our missionaries is in a meaningful amount that makes up a good percentage of their overall need. And we're strategically supporting missionaries in some of the hardest to reach places around the world. Uh, we continue to invest heavily in church plants. Heavily in church plants. Um, we sent out Valentine and Omni a little over a year and a half ago. And we can't wait, I think, what the future holds for us in the next couple of years is to ramp up the number of churches that we're planting here at Stonegate. And in the meantime, we continue to look for churches that we want to get behind and we want to support the work that God's doing in them. And that's just been such a blessing for us. And this might be one of my favorite numbers that I've seen and I wanted to share with you guys. This last year, you guys, Stonegate, you gave over $250,000 to outside the walls of this place. $250,000, that's an incredible statement of generosity for us as a church considering what our budget is. And, and this goes to all sorts of areas, all the way from, from orphan care, this goes to church planning, this goes to missionaries, and primarily a lot of this goes to areas of benevolence and counseling here at Stonegate. I mean, I wish I had the time to tell you all the places and spaces where God used your dollars this year to help people who were on the margins, who were struggling, who were tapped out, who had lost hope, and what a meaningful thing it was to show up in a way and be able to financially help them. It's incredible. I mean, that's something altogether distinct and unique and special about our church. 
So this last year, I wanna uh, just talk the budget numbers for there on, on those with you guys real quick. Our 2017 budget was 1.2 million. 1.2 million. We came in at 1.192 million. So just underneath, okay? We were just underneath budget. Uh, but we are at 1.2 million. And as we continue to just kind of anticipate and think about some of the additional things that are going to come along with the building coming online uh, later this year, uh, we're, we're, we're putting together, we're projecting a budget of 1.4 million for uh, 2018. Total money given, though, as we've walked through all in, and this is just the first piece of the puzzle, and then Rodney will share the rest with you here in a little bit, but total money given this year was $4,543,738.17. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. It really is. And so what, what I want you guys to hear is that the Lord is at work in significant ways. Um, we have, you know, I forgot this stat that was on here. Uh, we had over 200 kids, we had over 200 kids get to go to camps this last year, both students and kids. And I want to make sure I shared that with you as well, because I think uh, Jeff and our student ministry, they're doing an incredible job and building out and making our student ministry a place where kids are hearing about Jesus and the gospel is going forward. And I think that that involves all of us just coming around and saying, we should be thankful for the work that the Lord's doing there. Um, a few, yeah. Thanks, Joe. Um, and last one I want to hit on is um, we've got some incredible things planned for this next year, especially in the, 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 the realm as we think about we're going to get uh, whatever the building does as far as like if we get bigger, we want to be on the side of where we're continuing to care for people. So in this next year, uh, already this last year, we, we began to run something we called What Did You Expect? And What Did You Expect? It's just kind of a marriage intensive that runs about six to seven weeks. And I love the, less, uh, the leadership that Jessica and Kevin Hill brought to that. Uh, they did a great job in helping some marriages that were just stuck or having a really hard time get unstuck and to find some, some new tools and also just hear the gospel in a new and fresh way that would help them grow. And our hope is in 2018 to begin rolling that out in a more significant way to the rest of our church body. And I think that's gonna be huge for us. Um, you've probably seen too that one of the things we're looking to do and, and we'll get going here very soon is we're gonna begin saying, how do we disciple and care for people in the realm of their finances? Uh, Jesus talks overwhelmingly about money. Uh, One-fourth of the time, that's where he's camping out on when he's talking about what it looks like to follow him and what it looks like to grow as a disciple. So what we want to do as a church is we want to make sure we're offering practical, meaningful discipleship in that way. And I'm super thankful for Kevin Hill and those that he's got leading alongside him to get that going at our church. I think that's such a practical and important thing that we're going to build out as well. So where does that leave us? I mean, let, let's just get real practical here for a second. Um, we can go to the Galatians slide too, Galatians 6, 9 if you want. Uh, when you think about uh, what all in is meant for you, what comes to mind? What kind of words come to mind? Um, are they words like, uh, man, that felt, that felt a little challenging. That felt hard. That felt sacrificial. That felt stretching. That felt, man, really engaging. What words come to mind? I just want you to have those words in mind. Because I think sometimes when you're about to finish up what feels like a major initiative and All In's been such an incredible season for our church family, there can be a little bit of sense of where we ju you just get a little tired. You see a finish line in sight. And Paul, he was writing a letter to the church of Galatia. 
And this is a church that had been incredibly faithful, much like Stonegate. Uh, this is a church who had sacrificed much, who has, was used to serving, was used to being generous, was used to making their life count. And he ends his letter with them and saying, don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. And I think there's those moments where we can grow a little weary. And what I want you to hear, Stonegate, is that we've got so much great work in front of us. We've got so many good things in front of us. We've got so many bright days in front of us. There are more people that need to meet Jesus. There are more kids that need to come to our kids' ministry. There are marriages that need to be redeemed. There are missions trips that we need to take, and there are churches that we need to plant, and there are orphans that need adopting. There are people that need to hear this good news, the reconcil reconciling news of Jesus Christ, and that is what God has called us to. These are the good works that he's prepared. We don't have to necessarily even prepare them. They're already prepared in advance for us to do. So what do you do when, when you feel like you're about to grow weary? Or when maybe you're weary right now? So I'm glad you asked. Um, Paul, before he gets to Ephesians 2, in Ephesians 1, he basically buries us in all the ways that you've been blessed. You've been chosen by God. You've been loved by God. You're known by God, by his lavish grace. You are basically a demonstration of just how awesome he is. Your life is a testament to the type of God that we serve. And this God, this good news, this reminder of our identity and who we are and what our life is all about is what sustains us when we feel weary. When we feel like, you know what, a comfortable couch and checking out sounds like a nice promised land. And Paul says, don't grow weary. Don't buy into that. Don't think that that's your promised land. But rather remember that same spirit, that same spirit that fueled the ministry of Jesus Christ has taken up residence inside you and will fuel you and sustain you. And over time, over all these years of us together and all the years that we have in the future, the Lord will continue to move and work and have his way inside of all of our general and, and faithful acts of obedience. And church, we have been given so much, haven't we? I'm, I'm really thankful to just get to be a part of it. I love what the Lord's doing here, and I'm excited for many more years of it. And so uh, I'm going to turn it over to Rodney, and we're going to share uh, just a little bit more about some of the stories that you guys have. Because I don't think the stories are just the stories that we have and the stories that um, are the result of our, our ministry snapshots but I think the Lord's been at work in some real powerful ways, even in you guys. And we'd love to spend some time just hearing about that a little bit. So, so before we move on, could we just thank God for 2017 together as a church? Actually, I forgot one thing. I just want to say, um, after this last year, you guys have really great elders here at Stonegate. You really do. Um, I've had the privilege of getting to know Dave and Kevin and Rodney really well, and they're just the real deal. So I would follow these guys anywhere. I'd serve with them anywhere, and I'm just honored to work alongside them. So super thankful for Dave, um, super thankful for Rodney, mm -hmm. and for Kevin as well. Yeah. So I just want to say that. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing what you can get people to say with a $10 gift card. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's absolutely amazing. Now, some of you think just a second ago that you missed the opportunity of your life by not coming up to the microphone. 
but you didn't because I have another one. So the next guy or gal who wants to come up with just a story of how the Lord has used this church family in your life over the last year, that microphone right there is waiting for you. <laughs> okay, most of y'all probably don't even know who I am, and that's okay. <laughs> Maybe five of you in the whole room. Yeah. My name is Mindy, and my husband is Brandon. He's right there. Mm. We've been in Middle Lothian just over a year, and we are relatively new to Stonegate. Matter of fact, we are not even members yet. Um, I'm going to get emotional too. Um, we've been in Middle Lothian a little over a year, came back, we're at a church. Things are going well, and we had two kind of major things that impacted our family. Um, and I reached out to maybe one staff member here at Stonegate. Um, it affected our middle son, who's in kindergarten, and was really hard for our family. And of course, new to Middle Othian, who do you normally lean on? Your church home, which we had just left. We were ministers mm. involved there, and we felt kind of lost. I stepped up to a pastor or minister here at the church on a Sunday and by Wednesday three different church staff had reached out to my family and I want y'all to know they didn't have to we weren't members here they didn't know who we were and three different people called me the next week I had two other ministers stop and talk to me not the same ministers and some did not even know what had happened to my family just saw that we were new or saw that my son had been coming on Wednesday nights and reached out to my family. Mm. Now I have a son who's in middle school who's going to wake. There you go. He, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have friends here and asked to come every Wednesday, not knowing a soul. Mm. Because A, yes, it was fun. I don't know where Jeff is, but yes, it was fun. He had Jeff a blast. Jeff will bring some fun to it, yeah. But it was more than just fun. It was fellowship and it was Jesus. Mm. At a time when our family was struggling just to get our feet into this city. And that meant a world not only to me, but my husband, but my junior high kid picked up on it. Mm. That's love and that's love and not new people. And so for that, we are extremely thankful. I love that. Let me thank you so much. <clears throat> We've got one more, one more. Shay Bayless is claiming that thing. You betcha. So this is one of the easiest things I've ever done. I am so <laughs> thankful for Stonegate, and I got the opportunity to come here all throughout college, and um, I remember when I was a kid, God called me to do missions uh, very specifically, and I always kind of thought, okay, someday when I'm on the mission field, then I'm going to share the gospel and God's going to do great things. And I remember when I first started coming here, Rodney was talking about how if we don't realize how much we don't deserve to be saved, then that's not naturally going to come out. And God really used that to just change my life and to show me how much I didn't deserve him and the grace that he's shown me in my life and my salvation. And um, I just got back from living in London for a couple of years, and many of you have been praying for me while I was there. Um, and I just truly believe that so much of the fruit of seeing people be saved there and seeing God work in people's lives in London, so much of that was because God used Stonegate to um, change the way I saw missions. And that's been huge in my life. And 
And also, I'm just really thankful that many of you prayed for me during that time. Like, I think that God really used your prayers and, and the community that I had here to encourage me during that time and to really challenge me to continue to seek God and, be, and to be faithful there. I love that. Thank you, Shay. <clears throat> well, I hope that when you look back upon the last year in our church's life, you can just see there's so many evidences of grace in so many ways that God has been so active in our church family. It's really humbling, um, unbelievable to look back and see those sort of things. So I hope that when you, when you look back in time, that, that we can be a grateful, thankful, um, inspired, awe-filled people. And then as we look forward, we can remember what God's done in our past and we can transfer that to the future and just have all sorts of hopes and dreams as to what the Lord wants to do in us. I mean, who knows where in the next three, four, five years the Lord's gonna take this church family. When I think about that, I'm just filled with so much hope so much expectation fills me when I think about what the Lord has for us. And in particular for 2018, I, I want to, to cover four different kind of topics and lanes with you, just on some of the things that are on the horizon, things that we're doing uh, now and over the next uh, eight to nine, 10 months, 12 months as we prepare for a building, just those sort of things. And uh, the first thing I want to talk to you about is, uh, is a, a logo uh, moment. So, you know, we are about to, you know, in nine or 10 months, about to move into a new facility. And with that, there's just something, it, it almost provides like a natural transition point of like, there's just some things we probably need to leave behind and kind of get a fresh thing going. Uh, so some things need to, to be laid down, some things need to be, you know, picked up as we move into a building. One of those things that we're putting to rest is our old faithful Stonegate logo. I cried too. <laughs> it's served us well, you know, for the last eight years, but we're, we're kind of making a little change. And with that, we're gonna have a little updated look. So you can take a look at the video and we'll just kind of fill you in on what that new look might be. So there it is right there. Now, you know, I, I feel like if for the last uh, couple of Sunday mornings, uh, you have been getting this little teaser of like, we're going to give you a gift if you come, that sort of a thing. And uh, that gift is a new t-shirt that we're giving everyone here. It looks something like that. So, so, did, did that just happen? That just happened. I hate that that just happened. I hate that that just happened, but it did. So when you leave tonight, <laughs> hey, can, can we, can we, right there, let's, let's pull this in. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm embarrassing myself now. You know it's bad when you did, <laughs> when you did that. But tonight when you leave, we're going to have a t-shirt for you out there. And this is just a way to help kind of get that thing kind of churning. For all the people who are here tonight, you're going to get one for free. For people who weren't here tonight, they can grab one on a Sunday morning here soon for five or so bucks. We'll have those ready for people. But yeah, we've got a new look to carry us to the future that I think is going to work so well for us um, as we head into a new building. So that's number one, logo. It just happened. I can't believe that is in the floor right now. <laughs> That wasn't planned, that just, it happened that way. Okay, second thing is at the end of that video, you saw that icon over a phrase and the phrase was enjoying Jesus together. And when I think about the next year in the life of our church, one of the things we really wanna just sink our teeth into, 
like hold up and elevate for us to consider is that phrase, enjoying Jesus together. That's gonna be, um, when we think about Sundays in 2018, the majority of our Sundays are going to go to holding up that theme, trying to tease it out, explain it, explore it together. Uh, we're gonna start on February the, uh, February the 11th, a set of sermons called Enjoying Jesus Together. That's gonna be a two week thing. Then after we finish that in late February, we're gonna start a set of sermons to the book of Philippians. It's gonna be called Jesus and Joy. Philippians just has that joy thing kind of strewn throughout it. So this is gonna be the thing that we're doing a lot of, of work on, enjoying Jesus together. Now, I just wanna spend five or six minutes just teasing out maybe the, the beginnings of that. So as you're thinking about February the 11th and beyond, uh, some of what we wanna you know, try to explore together. You know, when I think about like the why to, why would we spend time on enjoying Jesus together? Um, I think that there is a common myth that most people who follow Jesus believe or kind of get seduced into thinking. And it goes something like this. Um, and I think a lot of this is just because of sin and how it works itself out in our life. It, we just have a way of coming to Jesus thinking like this. We've been seduced into thinking that in our life, we have two options. It's either Jesus or it's joy. Jesus or joy. So if we take Jesus, we forsake our joy. If we grab joy, it means we're gonna forsake Jesus. And there just couldn't be a more twisted way to see the scriptures and really the heart of God. That, that is a really twisted, I, I wanna even use the word maybe demonic to describe that way of seeing who God is. In the scriptures, it's not Jesus or joy, it's Jesus as our joy. That's the heart of the scriptures, is Jesus as our joy. So when you think of the Bible, the Bible is an invitation for you and I to come and get joy. I mean, just think about the Bible as saying that to you. It's a way of looking at you and saying, hey, I know that deep down you want it, so why don't you come and why don't you get your fill of joy? You know, when Ecclesiastes chapter three is talking about God putting eternity into our hearts, I think this is a part of what it's talking about, that God has made us with aches and desires too deep for temporal things. Like only eternal things can, can get into that deep ache and actually satisfy. Um, you know, when I think about just our physical bodies, there's so often parables of so many spiritual things. So anytime that I thirst, like, you know, if you go like a day without water, you're in, you're in really bad shape, right? And we've all been to that moment where we're thirsting. In a lot of ways, that is, that is a physical kind of parable of a spiritual reality, that deep ache that God has wired into our soul. Uh, when you think about hungering for food, that's a parable of a spiritual reality. God has put that deep ache, not just in our physical bodies, but in our spirit, like in our soul, that we hunger for things, for, for big things, deep, deep desires. This is part of the way that God has made us. God's created our souls with that ache, with that hunger, with that thirst. And those aches and those thirst and those hunger make every one of us in the room joy hunters. You are, I am, we are, this is part of what it means to be human. We are pleasure pursuers. We, we all are after joy and what we think is gonna deliver us uh, you know, joy. And you know, when you think about human nature, part of how human beings work, how you work, how I work, how we collectively work is we're a joy motivated people. Like joy motivates us, happiness motivates us. It's, it's the deep way that the Lord has wired us. And the Bible is not against that. The Bible isn't saying, hey, the Bible isn't saying, hey, you know what I really want for your life? I want you to be joyless. I want you to be miserable. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible is actually, if anything, rebuking us for being half-hearted in our pursuit of joy. C.S. Lewis says it this way in The Weight of Glory. He says, indeed, if we consider the unblushing promises 
of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. Isn't that interesting? That the, the Bible's saying, here's our problem. We, we all are joy-motivated people, but we're just taking it halfway. We're not allowing that thing to come all the way out of us. Our desires are, are, are not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures. This is the rebuke of the Bible. We're half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and with sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in the slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a vacation or a holiday at the sea. We as people are far too easily pleased. Now, I think that summarizes so much of how the Bible sees our lives. And the Bible is not saying, hey, stop pursuing joy. The Bible is saying, hey, I actually want you to be people who, who take off the seatbelt in your pursuit of joy and go all the way after it. Because the Bible knows this, that when you go all the way after it, you're going all the way to Jesus. That's what those aches are leading us to. Those thirsts are moving us toward. Those hungers are taking us toward is Jesus. The Bible's invitation is come and get all the joy you want and you're gonna find it right there in the person and work of Jesus. So, so come and have all you want of that. The Bible invites us to do that. And I just wonder, just think about, think about the way you think about God for a minute. Do you think about God as a person to be enjoyed? I just, my experience with most people is that's not the way we think about God. We think about God a lot of different ways, but we don't think about him as a person that we can enjoy, that we can love being around, that we can find great pleasure in. So these are the sort of things that I wanna hold up to you. I hope by God's grace that this year, God might take us through the gifts of God. I can so often what we find ourselves doing is, uh, is hanging out in the appetizers. All of God's gifts are appetizers, marriage, uh, intimacy, Kids, jobs, success, all of these things are appetizer. But the main course of joy in this world is God, right? And my hope is that God would take us all the way there, that we would actually consider these sort of passages and invitations this year. Psalm 34, 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's an invitation to enjoy God. Psalm 36, 8, drink from the river of God's delights. It's an invitation from the Bible. Come and get all the joy you want. Psalm 1611, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. That's an invitation to enjoy the fullness of joy that is in God. John 6, 35, Jesus told them, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst again. Those are all invitations to joy that I'm just praying this year we would experience God like that together as the one that satisfies our soul, the one that, that quenches that deep ache in us. Um, Augustine used to say it this way. Talking to God, God, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. And I'm praying this year, our hearts would find their rest in Jesus, amen? So this year, we are going to take that theme of enjoying Jesus together. We're gonna to hold it up, look at it from a lot of different angles and pray that God would take us there, that we collectively together would be a people enjoying Jesus. Okay, that's thing number two. Enjoying Jesus together, one of our big themes of this year, one of the things that I hope the Lord allows us all to sink our teeth down into. Thing number three is there are three initiatives that I wanna just present to you, three main kind of strategic priorities for us that our staff is working on, that many of you have been pulled into in various ways, but I just wanna, I wanna kind of clue you into these uh, three things. Let me preface this before I get to those three by just taking one step back and talking about the job of a pastor. 
uh, pastors or our elders here at Stonegate, uh, the, the job comes in really three different forms. There is a prophet component to that. It's the preaching and teaching kind of component of pastoring. There's the priestly component, which is the care component of, of pastoring. And then there's the kingly sort of component of pastoring. It's all three of those. And the kingly has the leadership vision sort of work, like making sure that we're seeing things correctly, that we're heading in the right direction, that the right holes are being filled. It's, it's all of those sorts of things. And I wanna talk a little bit about just that kingly side, like those initiatives that we have in front of us in 2018. Um, about, gosh, it's probably three years ago, I was sitting across from a pastor friend of mine and I asked him for what, what were like the, the major, maybe one or two kind of leadership lessons that you've gleaned over the last year. And when I asked that, he just lit up, he grabbed this little napkin and did this weird sketch on it. I wanna share that sketch with you. He, he started by talking about uh, naval warfare. All right, we'll start there then. So he's talking about naval warfare. And, uh, and I guess for like the long majority of naval warfare, this is the way that, that this went down. You can see the next slide here. It went down something like this. You line your boats up in one line, I'll line my boats up in another line. It's kind of like, you know, when you see uh, pictures of like the uh, Revolutionary War, it's like they just like get in front of each other and just blow each other to smithereens. It's like, does that seem like a bad idea to anybody else but me, you know? And so this is like the way they did it with boats. You just get on that side and the other team gets on their side and you just start shooting. Everybody starts shooting. Now imagine the winner in this scenario. Even if you win, you still kind of lose. You know what I'm saying? Like even if you win, you've probably got multiple boats that are sunk. The surviving boats that you have at the end of it are probably about to be dry docked, right? They're about to be in repairs for the foreseeable future. Even the winners lose in this scenario. And he said, the most important thing that I've learned is just by watching the shift in at some point along the way, somebody looked at that and thought that is a really bad way for boats to do battle. And they switched it. They had a new plan for it. And the new plan looked something like this. Why would we like all you know, line up our boats in front of each other? Why wouldn't we like get our five boats and surround maybe their last two or three boats? And then collectively with our five boats, we can like do some serious damage on their last two or three boats. And we can pretty much guarantee that our boats are gonna be in good shape when we're finished. And that the boats that we're actually shooting at, collectively aiming at, we can be pretty sure that those boats are gonna sink. Like we can be pretty sure we're gonna handle those boats. Now, some of those might get away. Like those top, those, you know, those last two or three boats, they may actually escape and get away. That's gonna be a battle for a different day, but we can ensure we're gonna take care of their last three boats and our remaining boats are gonna be in pretty good shape. Now carry that over into like how churches or organizations or even in your family or your personal like sanctification, you can't make everything a priority at one time. You know what I'm saying? You know that about your personal life. If everything's a priority, really nothing's a priority. And so kind of the carryover into to how this works with us as a church family is part of what it means for us to be good pastors is to make sure in every year we're looking at the, the two or three boats back at the back in there that we wanna surround and say, we've gotta make sure we do these. We've gotta make sure these things happen. We've got to make sure these particular initiatives uh, go forward. Now, before I give you the three that we're working on in 2018, let me just make sure I clarify. You know, everybody's going to have their particular things they love for a church to do, right? And it's, if, if those, you know, things that we're prioritizing right now aren't on your like, man, I really love these lists, it doesn't mean that they're not important to us, right? There's a lot of very 
important things that we value greatly that just aren't in a mission critical, like right now we need to do some work on them, right? So it's not a statement of value. It's just a statement of priority. It's a statement of what's next. What is the very next hill as a church family we need to climb and conquer and, and see some movement on? That makes sense? Okay, so let me give you those three really briefly here. Number one, uh, Stonegate Groups is one of those initiatives that we really wanna spend concentrated time on, collective time on, insert some organizational urgency into uh, Stonegate Groups. Um, I love to garden. Um, I'm a weird hobby guy. That's been one of the ones I've developed over the last few years. And uh, every summer I grow tomatoes and I do the vine type, not the bush type. I don't know what kind of tomatoes you're into if you're growing them. I'm in the vine type. And so uh, vine types get like 10, 15 feet tall. I mean, they, they are not staying low to the ground. So you kind of have to have a plan for how to support the, the vine type. So every, every spring, I'm out in the garden and I build a trellis so that as that vine is growing and the vine needs to grow and as it's growing, I can weave it in that trellis so the vine is supported appropriately, right? And so this is exactly the work that we're doing in home groups. Right now, we have about 29 groups. As we move into a building, we probably need 40, something like that, maybe 45. We need, we need more groups. The vine of home groups needs to keep growing. This is the work Tony and Ashley and that team are doing. That vine needs to keep growing. And as we're growing that vine, we need to make sure we're adding the appropriate supports into that vine to, to make sure that it grows in a way that's healthy and good. Support, you know, the supports are in there. Many of you have been drawn into that. So we've just kind of gotten a home group coaches implemented to help with the structure behind home groups. But I wanna make you aware, home groups is a massively important thing. It's one of the strategic ways we're preparing for a move into a new base for mission home groups. Now, let me just give you two ways that you can be involved in that and two things that maybe you could be thinking about when you're thinking about how you can help us prioritize home groups. One is, um, is by being committed to a home group, by, by you actively be, being committed. So that means that you're invested into that group. You're asking the question, how can I help this group thrive? Who can I disciple in this group? Who can I invest into this group? Who needs to be encouraged into this group? How can I help this group be spurred on to love and good deeds? This is one of the, the great ways everybody in our church can make sure you're helping us collectively move that ball of home groups, don't get groups down, down the road. And the other side of that is to just, for you to be considering the question, should I plan a group one day? I, part, of, part of us preparing for a new building is getting more groups online. So maybe that could be a question you would ask is, would God be having me arrange my life now to be prepping me for that? What would be the trajectory that I would need to kind of get my life on if we want to plan a group in six months or a year or maybe 18 months from now? We would love to chat with you if you want to do that. Make sure you get a hold of Tony. We would love to do that. And before I go any further on this, I just want to stop and uh, specifically say thank you, God, for Tony Robinson. Yep. He is not here uh, this weekend, but he is doing such a great job. I just love that man. So thankful for him. Such a gift from God to our church family. So one priority is, uh, one initiative is Stonegate Groups. The second one is Stonegate Connect. Stonegate Connect. It's one of the other things that we're prioritizing in our church. Um, one of my favorite verses comes at the end of Romans. It's in Romans 15. And listen to this verse. It's such an interesting thing. Paul says in Romans 15, 7, welcome one another like Jesus has welcomed you. Isn't that an interesting thing to think about? Like, how would you be obedient to that? Welcome one another as Jesus has welcomed you. As a church family, we want that, like, that to be embedded into the ethos of our church. 
just the culture and the feel of our church, that we are a place that welcomes people like God has welcomed us. You know, it's interesting uh, when you think about uh, new folks that come to Stonegate, most people are making a decision about their church home. And like, is this gonna be a place we could stick or not stick? How's all that gonna work? They're making that decision within the first seven minutes of arriving. That's typically before a note has been sung before a passage has been preached, before any of those things are happening, they're making significant progress in their decision on, are we gonna do this or not? Is this for us or not, right? And every person that comes through that door is a unique gift from God to this church family, right? They're a, they're a human soul that God has given us to steward and to love and to show this sort of hospitality. As the Lord has welcomed you, so you welcome one another. And we wanna be faithful in doing that. We want to be so faithful in showing that sort of hospitality for everyone in our church family. So let me try to give you just some ways that this could happen. Oh, and by the way, before I go a step forward on that, let me just turn to my precious wife who is heading up that Connect team and say thank you for that. I've stopped calling her Laura around the house. I just call her Connect Guru. She's just the connect guru. That's what she is from this point forward. She's, she's so good at it and doing such a great job. So l let me uh, tell you a couple ways that you could help and be involved in that. One, um, th and this is just a way for all of us, you know, think about the ships, for all of us to get around the, the last two or three ships and say, collectively, let's make sure these things happen, right? So uh, here's some ways you could be involved. Number one, if you're not serving somewhere on a Sunday morning, make sure you do that. Just find a place to serve somewhere in our church. That could be set up, tear down, that could be kids ministry, or that could be our connect ministry. That could be in any of those places. If you're serving anywhere on Sunday morning, it is going a long way to contribute to us showing hospitality to, to new folks, right? So serving anywhere, in particular, the connect team needs people. So if you're passionate about those sort of things, like that's, that's a way that God has wired you, make sure you find Tony or Laura, let them know that they would love to, to get you in on that team. Secondly, and this is just for all of us, I want, you to, I want you to think about this little component of it because this is such an important thing. At the end of the day, if we're gonna show hospitality the way that God has shown us hospitality, that isn't going to be a, a, a few people on a team that do that. That's gonna be a culture that is set across our church family, right? That's gonna be something that every person in this church family owns. We're in on that. We want this church to be the most welcoming church that a person has ever come into. We wanna shock them with hospitality, right? So if we're gonna do that, it's a collective thing we all have to own. And so I wanna give you just a couple of ideas with that. Um, we have talked in the past a lot about the three minute rule. You might just think every time you come into a Sunday morning about the three minute rule. A three minute rule is that for the first three minutes after the service is over. So the last announcement's done, we just did our uh, benediction and dismissed you, that you just use the first three minutes to find people you don't know and for you to show hospitality to them, for you to get to know their name, some of their story, for you to use those first three minutes of every service strategically for the sake of us showing our you know, new folks a, a very welcoming, hospitable environment. Secondly, just wherever you sit, can you do this for us? Will you just own that section? I mean, that's your section. Wherever it is, that is your section to make sure everyone in that section feels welcomed, feels cared for and loved before they leave there. I mean, think about if we all owned our, our spaces like that, kind of the area around us, how welcoming our church would be. It'd be unbelievable. So just own your section. And then lastly, I just wanna encourage you to maybe do this. Just take one Sunday a month and use it to invite someone to lunch that you don't know. One Sunday at lunch, you're just spontaneously, you're gonna see people on a Sunday morning. It may take four invitations to get the person, 
right? But you just keep asking, setting aside one Sunday a month to try to take someone to lunch. You know, I just love, I, I think one common thread that I hear often from people when they come is that it was a really welcoming place. So on one level, I just wanna thank you for that working toward cultivating that culture. And this year, I just want us to be over the top, 2018, just to be over the top in how we are connecting people to our church family. Cool? So that's the second one. Stonegate Groups. Second one is Stonegate Connect. And the third one is Stonegate Care. Stonegate Care. This is our care ministries in our church family. And Ryan mentioned these a second ago, but I just want to reiterate this. Part of, part of what we want to make sure is happening in 2018 is that we do a good job of providing proactive care inside of our church. If you condense most of our problems, you can put them in three different buckets. Bucket number one is financial. It's a huge part of our care in our church is helping people financially and figuring out the, the problems that they have, where they're stuck, trying to help People figure that out. So that's a big piece of it. The second piece is marriage. That's an ongoing, uh, you know, for any of us, that's gonna be an ongoing thing. All of our marriages are gonna be doing this along the way. So that's another bucket of it. And then the other bucket, you might just consider it as sordid troubles. It's everything from pornography to addiction. I mean, just, it's all over the map how the last one works. And so we wanna be proactive in the way that we're trying to create care for those three different buckets of things. So let me just kind of work through what that might look like. One is going to be Crown. That's gonna be the financial piece, Crown Ministries. If you've been a part of that, you know, know it is a super solid resource to try to help families financially. And so, and, and you know that if a family is struggling financially, they're stuck in places, that struggle has a way of bleeding out into a lot of other areas of their life. So we want to be proactive in the way that we're helping with that. Uh, the second one is marriage, and that's the what did you expect? We've already got that going. And over the next year, we just want to see that begin to flourish and grow and, and to even do better. And so what did you expect is that piece. Um, every time I do a follow-up conversation, uh, that's our last step towards uh, membership here at Stonegate. I'll always, if it's a couple, uh, we'll read through the marriage section of our membership covenant. And I always just stop to make this point to that couple. I'll ask them to rank their marriage on a one to 10 scale, just to get a pulse of how they're doing. And then I say this to them. I want you to know as a church family, we value your marriage and we want it to flourish. To every one of our married folk, I say that. We want your marriage to flourish. We want it to be everything that God's intended it to be. And so when it's not, we wanna have good proactive ways. You might just think of it as intense marriage discipleship to be able to help uh, our families do that, to help me do that at times, help us all do that at times. So marriage is the what did you expect component. So crown, what did you expect? And then the assorted troubles is our redemption groups. It's a way for a lot of different areas and issues to come into one place to get help, to get gospel-centered help. And so that would be the third. We're, this uh, spring, uh, we're gonna do our last immersion weekend of Redemption Groups. That's the three-day version of it. And then as we move into a new building, we wanna get an ongoing ministry of that going where it's meeting weekly so people can be, you know, begin to plug into that and have an ongoing place. They can get more intense discipleship. That's what Redemption Groups are, more intense discipleship for assorted troubles, for our sin, our suffering, all the stuff that comes with our suffering and the assorted troubles that we all, that we all deal with. Now, if, if, let me just walk through a couple of, of ways that you can be a, a help in this. Number one, is if you, if, um, if you have experience in those lanes, like you've, you've got experience with Crown, you've got experience with marriage counseling, you've got experience in these areas, then let us know that. Kevin is always looking for people to be able to, to equip and train and to release from ministry into those places. So that's a, 
big, big area of, of need for us this year. So if, if that's kind of in your lane and in your wheelhouse, make sure you let Kevin know that's in your lane or in your wheelhouse so he can begin to work with you. And then secondly, I just want to encourage you. If you ever find yourself in trouble in any of those sort of ways, maybe it's marriage, maybe it's finances, maybe it's just the assorted troubles with sin and suffering that we all deal with, to make sure you raise your hand before it's too late. To raise your hand earlier for help as opposed to later for help. To take advantage of those more intense kind of lanes that we're creating to help people within our church family. So those are the three initiatives. Those are the, the things that this year we're saying, we wanna, we wanna create urgency around them so that we as a church family can make sure we're getting the ball down the court in these areas. Now, here's the last thing I wanna do. The last update as we look at 2018 is to give a building update and we're gonna kind of finish by praying for a few minutes at the end of this. So I wanna kind of give you a, kind of a sense of where we are with some of these sort of things, what's on the horizon for us, um, all that. So first of all, building updates. What is currently happening right now out on our property? Uh, currently right now, they are pouring a lot of concrete. That's what they're doing right now. Yeah. Uh, so the, the big kind of priority right now for them is getting the foundation poured and the fire lanes poured. So as soon as they do that, then they can go vertical and uh, we'll be off and running. So uh, we just had our first concrete pour. There's gonna be three concrete pours for the fire lane and three for the foundation. So six total to get that piece of it done. And uh, we just had our first concrete pour of the fire lane on Tuesday. At 2 a.m., Jeff and Evan were there at the Facebook Live event. They're crazy, but they were there. And so, uh, so this week, there's going to be three more pours. So three of them are happening this week, another two the week after that. And by February the 9th, unless we have weather come in that, that delays things, by February 9th, the foundation fire lane should all be done. And by February 15th, by God's grace, we should be heading vertical. So that is kind of what's happening right now out on the property. And kind of maybe as an overarching big note, as of right now where we sit, everything is on schedule and everything is on budget. So on schedule, on budget. Yep. <clears throat> so it is going really, really well out um, on the property. And here's the second piece of an update I wanna give you is just a generosity update on where are we with, with all in. So now think back to April of 2016 is when we started. And if you remember the celebration Sunday that we had when we turned over the cards and I about gave everybody a heart attack if you were there that day. And we turned over that last card and it was over $11.1 million. Just, we had that moment together. And just to go back to that, that should not happen for a church our size. I, I will bet you, if you know any church, like you've got friends in the other churches and they've like done some, some generosity initiatives, I would go on a really sturdy limb and just say they have, that, that is just so far from probably how that went for them. I mean, this was a unique moment in the history of our church that only God can explain. Like no one's taking credit for that. That is God just doing things in our church that, that I can't do, that you can't do, that we can't do, that only God can, can do. So over $11.1 million was, was committed now, here we are at the end of December of, of 2017, starting a new year, 2017. That would mean that we're about 20 months into a 24-month generosity initiative. So about 85% of the way, you know, into the initiative. And here is where our total all-in giving is over those 20 months. $9,461,034 dollars. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's what you call crazy. That's what that is. That, that is. that is God just opening up heaven and saying, can I just flex for you for a moment? Can I just show you that I'm God? That I own the cattle on a thousand hills? Can I just, can I show you Stonegate Church that? And I, I, I've said this, you know, multiple times, but I hope that just what you're, what you're seeing and what you're witnessing happening in our church family would be an encouragement to you. You know, I, I think a lot of us play a script that goes something like this. You know, God does those sort of things for, for people like those people, but not me. We're just, we're just like you. Our church is just like you. If God can do it for us, he can do it for you, right? I just hope you take encouragement from that, that when you see a number like that, it would just stir and stoke your own faith in the Lord to give you confidence the next time the Lord has you on the ledge and is saying, jump, jump. That you'll have confidence that you can jump and it's gonna be okay. God's gonna catch you down there in the water. $9.4 million, that is unbelievable. So let me say thank you for the way that you have been giving. Thank you for the way that you have stayed out there in faith in your generosity. Thank you for the way that you're doing that. And now if you have not been participating in that, if you've been just observing and watching that, this is still, there's like an open invitation for you to jump in with us. It's not too late for you to jump in. This is, when you think, so by God's grace, we should be moving into a building by roughly October 1. So we've got a, a nine, 10 month season between now and then. This nine or 10 month season, it's hard. I can't, there's, there's no words that I could use to, to overstate how critical our generosity over the next nine or 10 months are. So this is a great time for you to jump in and participate with us. In so many ways, what's gonna happen over the next nine to 10 months is going to set the tone and set the temperature for so many things that are gonna happen after that. So this is just a critical, this is a critical, critical moment in the life of our church for all of us to stay right on that leading edge of our generosity, for me to do that, for you to do that, and for the collective us to do that. I mean, there is like such a wonderful opportunity just right there in front of that if we can stay on the tip of, of that edge of faith. Okay, and then the last thing I wanna do is we're gonna spend just a few minutes um, praying at the end of our night tonight. And I, I wanna just set up this moment uh, for you by, um, by asking you to think of what would be a prayer that you could pray, that you might think of it this way, what would be a Jesus-only prayer that you could pray as we anticipate what God might wanna do inside of this new base for mission. I think some of the guys are about to pass around some, some pins. There, there's a card underneath your seats. You can go ahead and grab that. That's just our connect card. On one side of that card is a place for you to be able to write a prayer. It's the prayer side of that card. So why don't you just grab that card and think what would be a Jesus only prayer, a way that you could pray that would say only Jesus could do these sorts of things. So once you have your card, once you have your pen, just take a look with me here. And let me just stoke how you might can pray by just asking you to dream with me for a second. Can, can you just close your eyes just right there where you are? And I just want you to imagine a couple of things with me. Just imagine a couple of things. Take a second to imagine your neighbor that doesn't know Jesus. And just imagine in, in a year from now, your neighbor walking in to church with you. And what are you gonna be praying when he walks in there? 
What are you going to ask Jesus to do in his life? Picture your coworker. His marriage is just falling apart. Her marriage is falling apart. I mean, it is down in the dumps. Their life is just crumbling. And picture them walking with you into this new base for mission. And ask yourself the question, what are you going to be praying for Jesus to do in their life? What are you going to be asking Jesus to do? What is it that only Jesus can do that you're going to ask Jesus to actually do? Picture, picture one of our junior highs, one of our high schools in our area, and picture a table of kids around the lunchroom. Can you get that picture in your mind? There, there's that group of kids, they're at the lunchroom, they're eating lunch, they're thinking about everything but Jesus, everything but heaven and hell. They're just kind of looking for the next hit of happiness. Not, not even really knowing that what they're really after is Jesus. And imagine that, that group of people walking in to our student space on a Wednesday night, and what are you going to be praying for them? What, what is it that only Jesus can do that you're going to be asking, Jesus, would you please, would you do that? For the sake of these kids, would you do that? I want you to picture our kids' ministry all these unbelievers sitting in these classrooms, learning about Jesus, getting exposed to Jesus. What, what, what are we going to be asking Jesus to do that only Jesus can do? What is that going to be? Maybe you could picture yourself. It's a Sunday morning in a year from now, and you just, you, you just pull your car up near the front entrance. It's 8.45, and you're going to sit there for 30 minutes and you're going to watch people stream into this building. And as people are coming into that building, walking into that entrance, into the foyer, what are you going to ask Jesus to be doing that only Jesus can do? What is it that we want to see God do? And just there, there where you are on that sheet of paper, just why don't you communicate that to the Lord? What is... What, what, what is that thing that you're asking him that the only Jesus can do for, for that kid to meet Jesus, for that marriage to be redeemed, that, that we would grow in diversity, that God's heart of adopting love would be transferred into our heart and, and move us towards adoption and fostering. And that there, there would be people who meet Jesus, repent of their sin, find new life in Jesus. Take a moment there where you are and just write out that prayer to Jesus. What, what is it that only Jesus can do that you want him to do, that you're asking him to do? As you keep writing there, Dave, why don't you go ahead and come on up? And uh, I want to tell you what we're going to do with what you're writing tonight. Uh, this week we are going to go and we're going to take all those prayer requests. We're going to bottle those things up and we're going to bury them at the front entrance of our church. And so every time you walk in to this new base for mission, we're going to all enjoy moving forward. Uh, you're going to get a, to be reminded that as you see people redeemed by Jesus, marriages saved by Jesus, you're going to be reminded that you prayed for that. 
that when when you see those things happen, that, that was in part because you and I have pleaded with the Lord to do those things. And so I'm gonna have Dave just lead us in a time of prayer. He can share for a minute and just lead us in a time to close us up in prayer tonight. You sure can. I've got to share a story uh, first. Probably had the single funnest day of my life uh, this last week. Was out on the job site Wednesday and walked up into the job site and was looking to the north, actually standing in the sanctuary. And there was a moment I was looking around and said, that's pretty amazing. Turned around, looked back towards Walnut Grove in 287 and was just overwhelmed that we had stood there in that spot, almost exactly that spot four years earlier, three years earlier, and asked the Lord to make this all possible. Asked him to bless this land. And at that time, we didn't have the resources. We actually owned another piece of land. And uh, myself and a group of men stood there and said, Lord, if this is your will, Help us to be on this site, in this community, for this time. And uh, it was just overwhelming. And I looked around, I thought, you know, this building is an amazing thing. But what's truly amazing is that there was tangible evidence of the faith of the people in this church. And that building is there now because people were willing to give away the things that they had and the things that they possessed and the things that they found valuable to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it was just tangible evidence of these people giving things into eternity, and that's going to last forever. Yeah. So uh, it's just a just an overwhelming moment mm-hmm. of the Lord at work. So, uh, yeah. with that said, I'd just like to pray for us. That'd be great, uh, dear Heavenly Father. We uh, we come before you just so humbled and so amazed on what you have done on our behalf. And Lord, uh, we just pray that you would use this building, but more than the building, the people in that building to impact this community greatly, Lord. We pray that you would use this beginning of faith, that you would deepen that, Lord, and that we would be a people that are so generous. We don't even count the cost, Lord. We just look around and see where the need is, and we help those in our community, the broken homes, uh, the single mothers, uh, just those that need help, Father. So I pray that you would use us to do that, that you would use us to multiply churches in the years to come. You would help us continue to put children into Christian homes, Father, through adoption. And Father, we are truly, uh, just truly humbled that you would even use us. You would allow us to be a sharp tool in your hand Mm -hmm. in the days to come, Lord. And I just pray today that we would never lose sight of our first love, and that is Jesus Christ, Father. And you would continue to grow us as a body. You would continue to use us for your glory. And Mm -hmm. Father, we love you. And we just praise you and we just thank you for all these good things that you've given unto us. Mm-hmm. And in Jesus' holy name, amen. 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 Thank you, Dave. And while I've got Dave up here, um, I wanted to say just a couple of things about him and to him. Uh, I don't even know if you, you may know this. I don't know if you do or not. Uh, but this June will be the five-year mark of you being an elder at wow. Stonegate Church. Wow. I did not know that. Yep. Wow. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, it's, I, I think this is another one of those moments where it would be impossible for me to overstate what a blessing Dave has been just to me personally, and just what a great friend you have been to me, and what a blessing you have been to our church. Um, we would not be where we are as a church family apart from your initiative, apart from your leadership, 
apart from all the ways that you have, uh, you have faithfully served this church family. And Dave, I just want you to know how much we appreciate you and love you. Um, I just treasure you. Thank you. So, so grateful for you. you. So I wanna give you a hug first. <clears throat> and uh, this is, this is the, the season where Dave typically, he's just come off of a really busy season with his job and the things he kind of normally does in his life outside of Stonegate. And uh, he is about to take a little bit of time away and uh, I know you know this, but we are about to pay for a good chunk of that for Dave. And I want you to know that because I wanna communicate to y'all, like part of what we're saying in that is how much we just love and appreciate you. Thank you you Thank betcha. So Dave, I just want you to know on behalf of our church family, just how grateful we are for you. Thank you. We are just so, so deeply grateful. So could we just say thank you to Dave for his five years of service? Thank you. you betcha. <clears throat> Love you, Dave. Love you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and many of y'all, many of you have interacted with Dave in ways that you have personally benefited so, so much. So it'd probably be a really appropriate time for you to affirm him in that, let him know that, just th- those sort of moments that he has probably sit across from so many in this room and been a benefit to you. So that would probably be a good thing to do by the end of the night. We're gonna finish by uh, celebrating with Jesus. Y'all cool with that? Jimmy? Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church, located in Midlothian, Texas. For service times, additional audio and study resources, as well as information about our church, please visit us at stonegate-church.com.